Music's playing. Jeremy's here. Jason's here. Time for another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. You know, Jeremy, out of the blue, you texted me earlier this week about a certain Astros player, and you were gushing. Well, maybe not. Were you gushing about him? I think gushing's still going to be strong. I don't think I was gushing. I think I was giving him credit where credit is due. Okay. That player being Kyle Tucker. And what you said was, and now I can't find it. What did you say? I, I said he's changed his swing and changed his approach. That, you know, he, when we talked about this a few years ago with the approach he had in the big leagues, it was all uphill, all power, pull side, chasing balls that were nine feet over his head, all of that stuff showed, you know, mental um, – weakness isn't the word, but let's say lack of preparedness. He wasn't prepared mentally. It showed a little bit different focus than he needed to have, a lot different focus than he needed to have. And it showed a path that wasn't going to be consistent at the major league level. And we saw that for a while. Now, the reason why that is important is because that's what a lot of the league is doing now anyway. Swinging uphill, swinging, missing, swinging where the ball isn't, all those things. And um, that's not really what is going to ever be successful, which is why the batting averages are 0.557 now, right? So, you know, Tucker has, has made some adjustments. He's staying above the baseball. He's staying through the baseball. He's using the whole field. And what is happening? Surprise, surprise, surprise. We have extra base hits. We have consistent contact. We have strikeouts down. We have a better average. We have a tougher person to defend. Oh, wait a minute. And I think for all the, the, the I hate to say analytics, let's call it for exit velocity hounds. Those numbers are up too. Why are they up? Because you're hitting properly. And so good for Kyle Tucker for making the adjustment. The Astros are benefiting from it. They have a lineup that is six players deep. It's very talented. And Kyle Tucker is showing them they at least have another option and a seventh person in the lineup that can hit. Last 30 games, Kyle Tucker hitting 318, 579 slugging, six homers, 20 runs driven in, and this is key for him. 16 walks against 16 strikeouts. That's in his last 107 at-bats. And I did find the text because uh, Daniel Gotero was on the text chain. So that's why it wasn't in our, our, our text. So you basically told me completely different, more direct, balanced, selective, barrels flatter, middle of the field, opposite way thinking. And the results speak for themselves. Why we don't do that as a whole as a league when the results are there with Altuve, right? And look, we're, look again, you know, we've talked – I have been the toughest. We have been difficult as a whole, but I have been the toughest person on the Houston Astros in this universe, okay, for, for several years now, largely because of guys that aren't here anymore, but nevertheless, the organization, how they approach their, their game. But you've got Correa – You've got Altuve, and this is no order. You've got Bregman, you've got Alvarez, you've got Gurriel, and now you've got Tucker, who are playing this game offensively correctly now, right? Something is working. Good for Alex Centron, good for some of those other guys that are in the that are in dugout making this happen, but they're not swinging for launch angle exit velocity. They're making contact. They're not striking out, using the whole field. We're fortunate to see that in Houston because you can go to New York and watch them not do that. Let's just say not do that, right? And so that is kind of what um, – what he's done is he's taken a page out of what his, his, his teammates are doing. He's successful and uh, results are following. And the Astros a few days ago in their game notes mentioned where this team stacks up among all teams in major league baseball, when it comes to hitting and slugging percentage 
and all the key metrics that we look at and they're either at the top or they are near the top. So as of last Tuesday, which would be what, June 1st? Yes. The Astros led the majors in runs scored, batting average, and in hits. They ranked third in OPS, third in on-base percentage, third in doubles, fourth in slugging. They also have the fewest strikeouts in the major leagues. So that goes back to everything that you were saying. And, uh, and if it wasn't for the pitching, but, you know, the pitching has actually been better. Other than Jake Odorizzi the other day, that starting rotation has been really good over the past week. One of the best in baseball when you look at the number of earned runs it's allowed. And if they get that, listen, those are the Astros that we thought they could be. That is that are, those are the Astros, the best version of themselves. These Astros pitchers, correct me if I'm wrong, they have to pitch. None of these guys are throwing 98, 99. They're not 107, whatever we were lying about velocity today. No one's throwing that hard, right? We're all pitching here. 92, 94, the bullpen has a little more fire in it than, you know, it's, it's built more conventionally. And imagine that we're getting outs. <gasps> We're missing barrels without, you know, throwing 106, whatever we're doing. Just like, you know, it's almost like nowadays you need a fire department when the bullpen comes out because they're just, they're just throwing flames at the plate. You need like to hose them down to calm people down. That's not what's going on here. The Astros are pitching. They're executing. They're hitting behind runners. They're using the whole field. They're getting ground balls. They're trying, they're pitching for contact and be efficient. They're not trying to strike the planet out. They're able to get swings and misses when they want. And once again, imagine that Gomer. Back to Gomer Pyle, right? We have wins. We have a team that's fun to watch. This is a fun to watch team. Could be Seattle. It's not. <laughs> it's interesting though when when Jeremy goes on his crusades about how baseball is played at this point in time. You mention a lot of things, but today Sports Illustrated released an article that baseball has allowed its worst league-wide cheating scandal since the steroid era. We're basically talking about the spread and impact of sticky stuff in the game. And one of the quotes from Sports Illustrated, there's some guys that might have a moral dilemma about it, but I'm not one of those guys. It's not bad for your health. Steroids could kill you. That's different than washing your hands of stick at the end of the game an anonymous National League reliever on using sticky stuff. So, Jeremy, how come you haven't mentioned sticky stuff? Because Trevor Bowers brought it up in the past, remember? That's how I think we got into the whole Tyler Bauer situation. But yeah, so, you never so, really talk about doctoring the baseballs. Let's, I'll, start with, I'll start with Trevor, Tyler, Jose, whatever he's calling himself. Let's, talk, let's start with him, okay? Um, you know, he has – you know, like Marcus Stroman, they, they do a lot of this. Like they just, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of gum flapping. They just, it is, they just don't, neither one of them seems to shut up ever, right? And so they, they talk and it, it doesn't, it's just who they are. And I'm not saying that as a criticism, I'm saying that's more of a point of fact. Um, but, you know, Bauer was big on this substance stuff while he was doing it too. You know, it's not like he wasn't caught doing it. It's not like people didn't say it. I mean, you know, if it's if it's league wide, you mean Bauer's the only guy in baseball? Ain't doing it. He's just the one guy, just him. All right, Trevor. Sure. Now, here's why I haven't said anything about the sticky substances. There's three reasons. The first thing is with guys throwing this hard, 
because they are throwing harder. There's evolution that's happened. I used an example the other day about 60-yard dashes and foot speed and how I've seen more guys run under a 6'3 and 6'4 than ever before. That shows you evolution just right there, right? So if it's happening with foot speed, it's happening with velocity. So there are guys throwing harder, okay? But guys have less feel and command than ever before. You have guys that are so programmed at the plate that they're diving into pitches now all the time because they think they have it figured out by what the analysts are saying and what pitch is coming, right? They're swinging and missing and changing at bats on that. All that leads to a pitching conducive environment, but it leads to a situation as well where these guys don't have any idea where it's going and people might get hit, all right? And so I don't mind if somebody's using sticky stuff to control the baseball a little bit more. I don't care about the spin. I don't want to see a guy get a ball on his neck because some Yahoo out there is trying to throw, you know, through the back of the screen, yelling yeehaw when it comes out the fingers and all of a sudden it's in somebody's neck. I don't want to do that. I'd rather see somebody control it. So I haven't really said anything for that reason. The third reason is this, and I'm going to be very direct and also very careful with how I say this. There is a place in baseball that has spawned other, let's say, outlets or um, affiliates, okay? Almost, well, most of the pitchers, most of the organizations now send pitchers or have sent pitchers or people to study at said place, okay? This said place has been brutal, terrible, awful, backwards, sideways, underground. Pick any number of adjectives you can think of that bad for baseball. I would be shocked. I'm saying this was a vote with some confidence. I would be shocked if the sticky stuff didn't originate there and spread out throughout baseball in a way that um, was going to enhance their narrative and help make them some money. Okay. Um, I like the comparison to Balco and the steroid stuff just because of the vo the volume of it. I agree with the reliever. It's not something that is, you know, body altering and I get that, but it is, it is still a, a scandal, if you will, that is spread out throughout baseball. Pitchers have always used something. Okay. So I, it doesn't bother me. Rosin, that's sticky. You know, you're talking about things that are made to add spin because spin gets you paid because that's what they're doing now. Right. That comes from that same place. Spin gets you paid, same place up there in the Pacific Northwest. And you have things like that that, that you know, spread out. And, and so I'd be surprised it didn't all start there. And I'm glad that's going to come out because when it comes out, it gets traced back to the place that it started. All of that mess, all of that absolute garbage that has gone on for so long is going to vanish. And you're going to see things come back. Now, does it change the hitting philosophy and how trash that is too? No, it doesn't change that. But what it does do, is you start weeding out people who are enforcing this cheating scandal. The irony of this, Jason, JB, my main man, the irony of this, okay, is that the people that started this analytical thing, I mean, if you could just stay with me on this, I've had like 700 conversations in the past two days. Theo Epstein, Sandy Alderson, Billy Bean, those are the people that started this analytical wave. Bill James, reach on to him, hey, we got to do this. Okay, great. They're the ones now leading the charge against it. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's like, hey, this is what this one hand is doing with the analytics. Oh, look at over here. We don't want the analytics no more. Not my fault. Not me. We're going to get rid of it. Give it back to the players. Wait a minute, homie. You're the one that started it. Did I miss something here? What are we doing? So it's, it's, it's really, really going to be fascinating to watch. Like, I know that I'm getting a little more elevated and passionate about this because I, I, like I, like so many others, 
have given our lives to baseball. And when you see this type of stuff and you know it's coming, you know it's happening, and the people that did it are the ones that say, we're going to save it, then get out of here. Get out. I don't want to hear that from you. Let's just get this stuff out of the game and get back to baseball. It's almost like Darth Vader saying, I don't like what the power of the dark side has done. 100%. That's exactly right. Luke, I'm no longer your father today. You know, I don't, I don't understand. You know, it's, it's, it's like Devin Moore saying he found a player. Like, it doesn't go together. It doesn't work. So right. I, I don't understand, you know, what what we're doing here. But I, 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 you, we can't forget that these guys are the ones that brought it in. Theo Epstein hired a guy with the Cubs. Look, God bless him. He's done a lot. He's got a great record in the game. Going to be a Hall of Famer. He's yeah, a Hall of Famer. He hired a guy as a, as a hitting hitting coordinator that has like a, this contraption where he's kicking his legs and moving around trying to find some balance. Are you kidding me? And what planet does that work? Like we're back to this. What planet are we on? We're on earth. We're on earth. I mean, what is it? Does not work? And we're, we're sitting here, we're acting like this stuff. Oh, well, well we didn't know well, our fault, not our fault. Nope. It's our fault. Nobody could have told us that nobody told us that by swinging for a false narrative, a true outcome by trying to swing as hard as we can where the ball isn't somebody's going to swing and miss. Help me understand how you didn't see that. You're the smartest guy in the room, but you can't tell that if the ball is here, you should probably swing here. Help me. I don't understand it. Let me just go back to uh, Trevor Bauer real quick. Just for um, accuracy's sake, I think at this point, all Trevor Bauer, he's had baseballs investigated by Major League Baseball. I think that's the exact extent of it. Okay. I'm just telling you. Okay. I can go. I don't know about any of that other stuff. We don't know, but I'm just saying he has talked about it for years. But I think, based on my Google search, it appears as though the most that's ever happened is he simply has had some baseballs investigated by Major League. You know that Trevor Bauer. You know he used to work out at a place in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I'm not even going to dignify these guys by saying their name. He used to work out in a place in the Pacific Northwest, and very recently, very recently, Trevor Bauer had a separation of working with that company in the Pacific Northwest. And now has his that own lab. That I did not know. That I did not know. Yeah, he has his own lab in Arizona and hired some of the people that he considered to be the better engineers or better analysts or whatever term we're going to use and brought him down to work in that lab in Arizona. You know, Trevor obviously was a resident of Houston for a little while, right? My understand, understanding is that he's not anymore. It's all Arizona, right? Arizona and LA. So he's moved his life that way and separated from that person. Now, that, that company. Now, um, there is that the founder of that company is the, is a pitching coordinator in with a major league organization. Their development, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And their pitching staff, while they're pitching coach in the big leagues, is one of the best in baseball, regardless of what um, of, of how they're doing. Their pitching staff is the worst in baseball right now. And a lot of that has to do to me with the philosophies underneath. And I, I know that that's, that's conjecture. I know that's speculation. I am not in the room. But if you put, you have, if it walks like a duck and it, it, it talks like a duck, it's a duck. And that to me, that is what you're seeing is imagine somebody who, who doesn't have any clue. And I mean, no clue what, like blues clues, success leaves clues, pick a clue. Like Dr. Sherlock Holmes, there's no clues. He has no idea what's going on. And he's talking about pitching and they're the worst in baseball. Imagine how that could happen. Who could have seen that coming besides everybody? But to call this the greatest scandal, this has been going on for decades. Like 
Joel Peralta back in 2012 was suspended for the use of pine tar. Gaylord Perry, right? I mean, Gaylord Perry put pine tar, Vaseline. Um, I've got the list here. Baby oil, spit, hair tonic, and other wet substances to the surface of the ball to help make it move. And basically, in 22 years of doing it, he was only suspended once in 1982. And Gaylord Perry still claimed he was innocent. Yeah, I don't know. Eddie Harris used to put Crisco and Bardall and all kinds of things on it, you know, from movie Major League. I haven't got an arm like you. I got to put anything on I can find, load the ball up, some jalapeno. He's got all kinds of stuff he used to put on the ball. And, and I can say this, that um, some of that stuff is just accepted as part of the game. You, know, you get the ball back, you pick up some rosin, you want some stick. You don't want these slick balls. I mean, umpires rub the balls up for just that reason. No, There's a limit, I guess, is what I'm saying. But you're talking about creating substances to add sometimes 300 RPM. That's a lot. Okay, to the baseball. That's why it's a cheating scandal. It's, it's, it's similar to people taking steroids, pitchers and hitters to add velocity, which, by the way, is worth pointing out right now while we're on this topic. All these analysts that decided they were going to grow up in the game while people were hitting home runs and throwing as hard as possible conveniently forgot that this isn't a video game creative player mode. And those guys were enhanced. The human body isn't supposed to do that. Some of those guys were enhanced. There's a story. It's about relievers who came back and went, went home one uh you know, at 190 pounds, it came back four months later at 245, throwing 100, okay? I mean, you got like, this guy's 89.92 and he's carving his deal and he goes home for four months, 50 pounds of muscle? Look, I'm telling you right now, man, I'm taking protein, I'm taking Huel, I'm taking my vitamins, I'm saying my prayers, I'm on the Hulkamaniac deal, okay? And I ain't gained, I didn't put 50 pounds of muscle on in four months. You got to be kidding me. And I have a frame to do it. So those guys were enhanced. Not all of them, some of them. So I get the I get the uh, I get the comparison because everybody's doing something that really is is not the stuff to help hold the baseball, which is kind of what it was before. Maybe make it cut an inch, maybe make it dart a quarter inch or something like that. A little extra spin on the curveball, three hundred RPM. Go drive your car three hundred RPM faster. How much you got? <laughs> right, that's a lot. That's a lot. Maybe the issue here is that baseball is quote unquote quote unquote allowed it. Maybe that's because, you know, certainly when you look at the Astros cheating scandal, uh, which many would consider to be one of the worst scandals in baseball ever, uh, baseball certainly didn't allow that because it wasn't aware. But the way this Sports Illustrated article is framed is that baseball has allowed this to happen. But again, to call it, it's been going on for years and years and years but I guess when you look at the number of um, the increase in RPMs, that's where the difference is from the old days of Gaylord Perry and, and the likes. Well, baseball has allowed this to happen. In fact, they've encouraged it. And it was no different than – because, again, it supports the narrative of these analysts are right. Like there was a, there was a uh, push – you know, I feel like I have to. I'm gonna have to look over my shoulder when I go outside with some of the stuff I'm saying. There, there is a, there was a push a while, a while back to get these analysts in the game. Oh, this guy's right. You got to beef up. I remember sitting in the draft room, not the draft room, in the Mariners' uh, um, spring training complex, and the guy that's now assistant GM with the um, with the Dodgers, Jeff Kingston, says to me, "We're talking about R and D guys versus baseball guys." He goes, "Oh, you can't have enough of those R and D guys. You don't need that many baseball guys. Let's get some of these R and D guys in here." Jeff's the nicest guy in the world. So unbelievable to me, I love the guy, but that's where his head was at. So we're, we're pushing this analyst group out there 
Okay. And so you have to have something to back up the narrative. True outcomes we've discussed at nauseum to death, right? You have to have something to back up the narrative. So if it's not working, you have to force it to work. If it's something where spin rate's how we're going to value guys and you're paying guys on spin rate rather than actual production, you're spent, you're paying them on spin rate. Yeah, I want the spin rate to be higher. Hey, go ahead, use this, use this. Hey, that way what I'm teaching you works, right? I get more money, I get paid. Everybody's going to believe it. They don't figure out that 20 years later, guys are tired of it. Oops, 10, later, 10 years later, guys are tired of it. The only thing that matters in this game is that it's been played for 150 years. That's it. And there's nothing you can do to change the 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 the, the integrity of the game and, and, and its finer points of how it's played. You want proof? Ask Kyle Tucker. Ask Kyle Tucker how playing the game the way it's supposed to be played is about to pay him. Because now his biggest critics got nothing to say. They have nothing to say. You know how I know that? You know how I know? Because I'm one of them. I'm one of the biggest critics. I got nothing to say. Nothing to say because he's playing the game properly. So, you know, yes, they pushed it with 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 with, um, with um, artificial sub enhancing substances. OK, they push those too. I can tell you for a fact there are clubhouses that said, oh, yeah, you don't you care about your family. Don't you care about this? Once you go home and come, do this, do this and come back and see you in three months. Guys are coming back like. Like that. I mean, you, like, what What do you got? Who, do that. You know, and it's, it's just, I, I hit ball hard. My name is Brutus. I mean, that's how guys were approaching it because they had to. It's no different now. These players are being told to do something because they get paid, and that's what they're doing. That's all. It is baseball's fault. Baseball can fix it, put baseball people back in play, and bring the integrity back in the people that are running these front offices. you got no problem. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That's right. All we should do is look at the king of analytics, Jeff Luno and his integrity and what he did in Houston and Brandon Tom and his integrity and what he did in Houston. Let's look at, what was that other guy with the Mets? Not Cowboy. Oh, wait a minute. A Theo Epstein, Jared Porter. That's right. Jared Porter, another analytical guy, all the integrity these guys are doing. And, and, and I'm not saying that none of us have, have, everybody's perfect in this game. Everybody's made a mistake somewhere, but you're talking about how many scandals since these guys have been in control. And can you, I mean, think about how many scandals, You've got sexual scandals. You've got uh, substance scandals now. You've got cheating scandals. Help me. What am I? And it's not like the Astros were the only team. They're just the ones that got caught. Right? It's not like they're the only team. It's the ones that got caught. Alex Cora, I mean, he, he dude was great. Red Sox are in town. Alex, what do you what do you think about the cheating? Hey, we did it. <laughs> it's great. Yes, you did it. Thank you. Let's move on. You know, that because because these guys in troll, they're all doing it. It's Baseball has a, a problem with image. Baseball has a problem with how it's being played. Baseball has a problem with people in control of it. They have a problem with who they're listening to. And I hope, and I hope that this stuff right here, when this article comes out and the scandal is for real, that The Athletic and Sports Illustrated and ESPN and everybody else piles onto these guys and gets rid of them because they're hurting the game in ways that it may, it's going to take two decades to get out of. It's interesting. Alex Cora also disputed the characterization that Jeff Luno has given about um, basically throwing Alex under the bus. He took exception to that. It's also interesting, Jeremy, uh, scrolling through Twitter, and I stumbled upon something that there is this little Twitter burst of Orioles fans who are a little, um, I guess they're losing patience with Mike Elias, which I don't believe is fair because he hasn't been there that long. I know, Jeremy. Wait, you mean Michael Elias isn't doing a good job? Stop it. You're kidding me. The Orioles 
Mike, wait, an organization that There's Mike- a lot of people on Orioles Twitter mad at Elias for not fielding a competent team. But again, like, it seems like the farm system is in better shape than when he got there. So, I mean, he's only been there for what three? This is is this number year number three? In fairness to um, Mike Elias, the farm system is better than when he got there. Okay. Um, of course, they also had the number one overall pick, and it's hard to screw up a number one overall pick unless you're a certain team that resides in Houston and did it twice. But anyways, go ahead. The same scouting director. The same guy. Mike Elias was the same guy that messed up two number one picks, and he's going to go. He went going to Baltimore, and all of a sudden, not just one, but two. You know, it's like I feel like you know, so the genie with the three wishes from Aladdin. Aladdin was one of my favorite movies, right? How many number one picks could I get? Well, you get three. Well, I just wasted two of them. That's that's what happened. Oh, oh by the way, the one that hit, drafted by – let me just – can I check my notes to see who drafted – well, I'll be right back. Bobby Heck drafted Carlos Correa, okay? The other two guys, one of them lucked into Bregman. Okay, I'll give, I'll give you that. You got a mulligan. You got your fourth number one pick, and you turn it into Bregman, but you still whiffed on Appel, and you still whiffed on, on Aiken, and – I, I, you know, you're going to go to Baltimore and you're going to be bet. The, all I needed to know about how it was really going to Baltimore was the propaganda player development ad about the Dominican. I'm telling you, I've never seen this in any walk of life in baseball where somebody stands out there like this. Hi, I'm Michael Elias. We're the Baltimore Orioles. We have the best of everything. Trust me. Come play for us. I've never seen anything like that before. You don't have to do that. Teams are good. They don't have to do it. So yeah, it's three years later. I mean, like, I guess last year's a last year's still got to be a mulligan for everybody. It's COVID. I would agree. A mulligan for everybody. So you know, it's really two and a half. But he's got a five-year deal. It is calendar year three. Baltimore hasn't had a winner in quite some time. They're tired of it. I'm tired of it. You're tired of it. Theo Epstein's tired of it. Everybody's tired of it. It's time to move on. And I think perhaps this uh, came about because the Orioles had lost 10 straight, their longest losing streak since June of 2019. But GM Mike Elias says the club will stay true to its long-term plan. Quote, it's very important for us to remain focused and committed, he said. What does that mean? Overreacting briefly to struggles from young players, making rash roster decisions with guys that have bright futures, is not in our long-term nor short-term best interest. I don't think anybody's happy about the win-loss record. We haven't been since we've been here, but it's very important for us to remain focused and committed. You have to care if you're winning and losing games. There's an article by Kevin Kernan the other day that talked about how people just recycle these phrases in these GM roles and reinvent themselves in these different programs and plans and ways we're going to do it, bring new people in is where we're going to go, and they sell the ownership on this deal – these guys don't care. They don't care. I got to be honest with you. I kind of feel I've been getting a lot of this in while covering the Houston Texans. And I mean, this talk about culture and competition, we bring, oh my God, it's like the same. It's just another, it's the same playbook, right? Like they don't care about winning. Some, not everybody. Some do. Some, most of these guys, like I'll say Billy, this for Billy Bean, regardless of what, you know, the, the analytics done and what the A's have done. Him and David Forrest care about winning. They try. They're budget strapped. You know, they're, they're good at what they do out there for the most part. I told you a couple of years ago, I'd never doubt. I told David when I saw him at winter meetings, David, 
I've noticed we were kids. I apologize. I will never doubt you again. You know, and, and the reality of that is they continue to try to win. Billy still has that competitive, you know, fire, but he understands he can only go so far. He's trying to make the playoffs, whatever happens. He even said it. My stuff is built to get to the playoffs. After the playoffs, whatever happens is luck. But I think right? every team is like that. I think every team is like that. Some teams are built to win in October. Look in Tampa. Look in, look in L.A. And you know what? Outside of the pitching You don't believe they- in a seven-game series anything can happen? I don't. Okay. I don't. I believe that you play the game. I believe people can have bad stretches. But good teams that are built to win in October will correct themselves after a night or two. Otherwise, they're not built to win in October. Elias says we're far from getting all of our scouts and analysts in the same room talking about the draft coming up. We're far from getting all of our scouts and analysts in the same room and starting to debate players and line up the board and look at data and all those things that you do in the draft room. A big part of that is the draft is so much later than usual. It's a full month later than it normally is. So we have a lot of time. So right now we're still in the process of gathering as much eyeball footage, so to speak, as we can of these players before they stop playing games. This is from, um, pressboxonline.com but give but give Mike Elias credit it sounds like it's not an Astros way of get rid of all of our scouts we're relying on video so I mean well, well, Orioles credit I, in I, that I, aspect I, right? I footage could be watching tape huh I bought footage could be watching tape it doesn't uh, mean not the game you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm so surprised the Orioles have a scouting department. Now there's, there's a couple guys over there that I, that I know are, are good and they, and they do it. And I know I've been hard on Mike, but you know what? Mike has talked a lot. Mike has, 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 has put himself out there a lot. He has defended some cheaters in this game. He's trying to distance himself from it. You said Luno threw Cora under the bus. This group of people have just done a lot that, you know what? It's time to, it's time to do it on your own. You know, you guys carried Bobby Heck on the back of what Bobby Heck has done. Well, you know what? In Baltimore, they didn't leave you a whole lot. They didn't leave you a whole lot. When you got to Houston, they left you a full cupboard, a kitchen, a secondary fridge. You had a downstairs parlor full of stuff to do. Players that just spread out throughout the game. And and Bobby Heck and Ed Wade did a great job with that. Mike has to do show that he can do it on his own. He's not showing he can do it on his own. He's showing he, can, he has good watchwords. He's showing he's intelligent. He's showing he has – um, uh, you know, a nice haircut. I mean, I, I don't know. He's showing a lot of different things. He's not showing that he can build this this thing together. So he's got to build a winner because really over there, he didn't have much. He really didn't have anything. It's, it's all on him this time. And for him, it is a five-year plan because he had zero. Wasn't a whole lot that he had. It's five years. All right. We are – do you have time to do a quick scouting report? Yeah. Flashback? Sure. 2015. Let's do the son of a former major leaguer who is now on the Yankees coaching staff. Tyler Nevin. Tyler Nevin. Who's now in the, oh, wait, wait. He's in the, which organization? I don't know. Where is he? He's in the Astros? No, I think he's in the Orioles. Oh, shocking. He's in the Orioles organization. Right now, a triple-A Norfolk. He actually has played in two games this year for the Orioles. Good for him. I forget where I put him. I didn't love him. I liked him. I didn't love him. Certainly one of the first things that is on any scouting report when you're doing Tyler Nevin is what? I mean, baseball bloodlines, right? None of, yeah. Regular first baseman in major league role, baseball player and overachiever, loud bat can open his swing to drive the baseball, bloodlines and instincts help his tools, power carrying tool and has to hit. 
no middle of the diamond versatility and has to hit. Boy, you put that in there twice. So hit. I guess um, he has to hit. Projection yeah, in his frame and will add strength. And um, interesting, uh, you said must take in the round seven, would take in round seven, and he went in. Sandwich round, I think. It was the second round or something. That was early. He was drafted by the Rockies in the sandwich round. Yeah, I was, I was, not, I was not a – he didn't have much value for me. How's he done? I mean, I know it's six years later. Um, you know, he was something. He was a 4A guy for me. You know, he hasn't really um, – the most home runs he's hit in professional baseball is 13. Doesn't hit for a high average. OPS around 744 uh, last or two years ago in double A. So this year he's split time between triple A, you know, the, the plate, the plate discipline is not good. Not good. Um, And I think you're, I think you're looking back. I think your um, comp is, is very good. Who was it? Wes Helms. There you go. There you go. All right. So Jeremy has to pick up Bernie. I do. Neat. And, you know, this was a good one, Jeremy. I enjoyed it. All righty. So make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time on the Extra Basics Podcast.